Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill as actually there are two bills that are moving uh, really quickly. They've already passed the House. They're in the Senate. We're talking about H.R. 5, the so-called Equality Act. And we're also talking about H.R. 1, the Federal Elections Bill, which is really a disaster. We spent some time on that last week. We're going to talk about it as well. Uh, with us on the phone is Congressman Bill Johnson from Ohio's 6th District. Congressman, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good to be with you today. Well, thank you for serving us in Washington. And I know as uh, serving in the minority is no fun, and it is it is really a line of defense that you're holding against the radical left of what the Democrats are pushing right now. This Equality Act is really a wish list of the radical left. Uh, it would have a disastrous effect on the uh, uh, on uh, faith organizations, on churches, on women's sports. Uh, really, they're just trying to uh, ram this radical uh, version of just sexualization of uh, redefining the sex roles in our nation, uh, in public policy, and in actually this this bill is all encompassing. It will uh, include all kinds of public accommodation and leave faith organizations wide open for lawsuits if in, indeed it passed. Your thoughts on the Equality Act, so-called? Oh, uh, well, I mean, you, I think you've encapsulated it correctly, uh, Chris. It is an absolute disaster. Uh, it is an attack on uh, women's rights. Uh, it amends numerous federal civil rights laws uh, by redefining sex to include pregnancy, sexual orientation, and gender, and gender identity, and by adding sex as redefined where it was not previously a protected class. Um, it It is an absolute disaster. It also prohibits the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RFRA, from being applied to cases involving an alleged violation of the federal civil rights laws amended by the Equality Act. So, I mean, this thing is is an absolute disaster, and we can get into some of the details if you'd like. Absolutely. Let's hear a clip right now. This was this afternoon, Ted Cruz on the Senate Judiciary Committee and talking to one of the witnesses. Let's go to that clip. You know, it is striking and it's revealing that when Senator Grassley asked for an additional witness to be added to this panel, Kathy Mitchell, who is the mother of a student athlete harmed by the policies of the Equality Act, the Democratic majority refused. They didn't want the American people to hear from Kathy Mitchell to hear about the unfairness to little girls having girls sports destroyed because of the radical policies of today's Democrats. Ms. Shire, in your judgment, what are the risks to young girls and to young women if this bill is passed? Well, it will end women's sports, and all those girls who dreamed of going out of the team will take a look at the risks to their health, to their body, to their safety, and the incredibly long shot of ever succeeding, and they won't bother. So, Ms. Shire, t tell, tell this committee and tell America how it will end women's sports. You know, as, as I said that, my friend Chairman Durbin glared over and disagreed, and, 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 and uh, no doubt viewed that as partisan hyperbole. So let me ask you as an expert, 
why would this bill end women's sports? Well, take the sport of deadlifting, Olympic deadlifting. So the average, so the record for the male uh, in deadlifting is about 1,100 pounds he can lift. The record for the female best, this is the best female deadlifter in the world, the greatest record is around 600 pounds. So you see how many athletes you're eliminating. It means that the fastest girl runner never makes it to the Olympics. She never makes it to the team. In the state of Connecticut, 13 out of 14 championships of titles in 2019 were taken by just two high school boys, biological boys. So pause and reflect. I mean, that, that stat is, is amazing. You just told this committee in Connecticut, 13 out of 14 titles in girls' sports and track were taken by two biological boys, which means biological girls, their sports are eliminated. Yes, and those biological boys who had competed in the past on boys' teams had no standout achievements on, their boys te- on the boys' teams. You know, I have to say, as the father of two young girls, that girls' sports has had a profound impact in their lives. Our youngest girl, Catherine, plays softball every Sunday. I'm out on the softball field with her at practice. And the discipline, the teamwork, the camaraderie, the competitiveness that girls' sports teaches is effectively destroyed from this bill. Ms. Hassan, let me ask you, what are the consequences for pastors and churches and individuals expressing either free speech or religious liberty if this radical bill becomes law? One of the problems is that under the Equality Act, it sends the message that to affirm biological reality, the difference between males and females, that that's bigotry, that that's discrimination. And there are many religious congregations that hold that as a matter of faith. So here we are that that's going to be now redefined as something that to hold that belief. So Ms. Hassan, you're saying if I say boys are different from girls, that I could be sued in the private workplace just as an individual citizen? I, I think we're opening up that risk. Uh, with us on the phone is Congressman Bill Johnson. Congressman, that's just, that's from the hearing today. That's unbelievable what we're hearing. It, it, it's mind-boggling uh, to me. You know, I, there, there's another example, and, and maybe you saw it on the news. Uh, the world record holder uh, in, in one of the sprinting events in, uh, in track, uh, she's an Olympian. Um, the world record holder uh, for females. If males are allowed to compete against her in her sport, there are 300 high school male athletes who have better times in her world record event than she does. So you can imagine, you know, the the this uh, during the hearing, Senator Cruz. Uh, they talked about deadlifting. Think about running. Think about pole vaulting. Think about uh, football. Think about uh, basketball. Think about any female sports. It's going to wreck female sports. And I would think every family, every woman, every every American that has a daughter should be outraged by this. Well, that's right. And, you know, the, in the state of Connecticut, where two boys, by the way, when they were in their sports before they did this conversion or whatever, they couldn't, they didn't win anything. They converted over uh, to uh, transitioning to girls, went into the sports, 
um, and they took 13 of the 14 events in the state championship. This actually prevents girls then from getting scholarships, to, and it's actually inhibiting their educational careers. And those scholarships, those sports scholarships, are so important. This is turning the world upside down, folks. We're talking about the so-called Equality Act. It's anything but equality. It's anything but fair or just. It literally turns the world upside down to accommodate, uh, you know, these individuals of the LGBTQ. And as one homosexual, uh, former homosexual, told me, he said, "Chris, the, the list goes endless. You know, why they say queer is because it's an open-ended agenda of any kind of identity that they want to then." presume upon others and this would put it in law to where the rest of society has to be or is compelled to uh to uh, accept them in their lifestyle regardless of your religious belief regardless of your deeply held religious beliefs and that was referenced in there as well congressman your thoughts on that well and and chris this he's exactly right and and i can tell you that in our constant in our declaration of independence uh, that all men are created equal, and they are endowed by our Creator with those inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It talks about that's referring to equal opportunity. It's not talking about trying to biologically equate two human beings of opposite sex together. That's not what the equality phrase and the equality words in our founding documents are referring to. It also doesn't, uh, it doesn't refer to, uh, to religious equality. In our founding documents, in the First Amendment of the Constitution, our citizens are granted the right to worship their God the way that they want to worship, to exercise the right of their individual religious freedoms. That's what it's all about. And, and H.R. 5, uh, the Equality Act, would gut protections for churches and other religious organizations because without the protection of the, uh, of, of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, houses of worship and religiously affiliated schools and hospitals and nonprofits and other entities will be forced to act contrary to their religious beliefs or to stop offering certain services to the public. I mean, can you imagine not being able to be married in the Catholic Church because you will not marry a same-sex couple? Well, that's where the rubber's going to really meet the road, and the Church is going to have to resist. The Pope has come out and said that we are not going to recognize same-sex unions in, in matrimony. This is the Pope that, that spoke from Rome this week. But, of course, obviously many faith organizations, Christian denominations who are of Orthodox belief, are never going to accept that as normal, and as such they will be persecuted this is what's happening in the good old-fashioned USA of America, folks. You are listening to News and Focus, and we are talking with Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District, and you need to wake up, folks. This is no time to go to sleep politically. We ask you to go to our website, ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance, and on the top you will see the numbers for both Senator Sherrod Brown and Senator Rob Boardman. 
We urge you to call them and to vote no on H.R. 5 and on H.R. 1. And, Bill, let's take some time uh, to talk about H.R. 1. I have one other item on H.R. 5, and that is jeopardizing the privacy rights of women and children. We're talking about males being able to enter the restrooms of their perceived sexual identity. We're talking about putting... Uh, they can go into restrooms, locker rooms, showers, and, of course, athletic programs. We've made this argument. Uh, I can't understand why uh, this is happening at this point, except for that the radical left is taking control in Washington. Uh, does it look like Joe Biden would actually sign this into law if it was to pass both chambers? Oh, I believe he would. I believe he would. They're not going to miss an opportunity, uh, Chris. They're not going to miss an opportunity. Uh, to advance their radical left agenda and and fundamentally change the culture in America. They're not going to miss this opportunity. And God help us if the few Democrats who understand the importance of the filibuster, the 60 vote cloture rule, if they don't un- if they don't stand their ground, can you imagine what's going to happen? HR5 gets through. H.R. 1 gets through. And when you combine that with what, uh, what the Biden administration has already done with, uh, with immigration in opening up our borders to illegal immigrants, to drugs, to human trafficking, to, uh, to criminals and terrorists. I mean, we've already caught four uh, uh, known terrorist watch lists. Uh, uh, people trying to come across our border, and that's just the ones that we have found. Without that filibuster, can you imagine how much of this is going to become law? And it's going to be devastating, Chris. Well, again, this is a time to pray, folks. This is a time to call your senators. Let's talk about H.R. 1. We call it the uh, Federal Elections Disaster Bill. This is a wish list of the of the uh, Democrats to actually ram through a national elections law that would take away the state's rights uh, to basically uh, put in place the kind of uh, balanced um, safeguards for elections so that we can have fair and honest elections. This would open up the floodgates. Talk to us about this one, Bill. Oh, this this one is equally egregious for very different reasons. Uh, Article 1 and Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution says very, very clearly that the states, under our system of government, the states, particularly, specifically the state legislatures, have the sole authority to make and enforce election laws. H.R. 1, as proposed by the Democrats, to nationalize our federal elections would strip that authority away from the states in direct violation of our Constitution. I mean, Chris, you are required to have an ID to get on an airplane, to rent an apartment or a hotel room, to adopt a pet, even to apply for a fishing license. Can you tell me what's wrong with requiring a person to have an ID that proves that they're an American citizen in order to vote to make the most fundamental and important decision in our country as to who is going to sit in the White House. I mean, this is this is another one that uh, we we've got to pray that uh, that the Senate does not do away with the filibuster because take this to the next level. 
we already see what Biden has done with opening up our our uh, our southern border to illegal immigration. Uh, they're talking about amnesty for millions of illegal immigrants. Can you imagine what would happen if no no voter ID is required? I mean, people that come and and seek asylum uh, in our country. I mean, they've 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 already. Uh, eliminated uh, or reinstated, rather, the catch and release program that President Trump stopped. Uh, they have uh, uh, they have canceled the asylum collaborative uh, cooperative agreement that they had with Mexico, which said that if if a person uh, seeks asylum in the United States, they have to stay in Mexico until they're adjudicated. And instead, they've canceled that agreement, and now those people are coming to America. They're being released into our society until their uh, their court date comes up, and we already know that nearly fifty percent, nearly fifty percent of those people never show up for their court dates. So under HR one, if it were to pass and be signed into law, a person could just show up with a with a written affidavit and say, "Okay, I'm entitled to vote," and they would have to be allowed to vote. We will never see another Republican president. If HR one is enacted into law, this is uh, the disaster of the results of the election this year. And uh, what's the divide in the House right now, uh, as far as uh, number of Democrats and Republican seats? How close are the Republicans from taking it back in two years? Oh, it's about six. I mean, we're we're only we're only about six or seven seats away. And 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 oh, by the way, they're trying this week. Uh, to strip one of our Iowa members uh, from her duly elected seat. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, they're going all in to try and change our country, uh, and they are uh, they they are taking they are not stopping for one second to consider the long term implications of their actions. Hey, a, a couple of other things that that HR one does it weaponizes the IRS. Uh, and and it it puts the FEC from a a six member bipartisan commission to a five member partisan commission, which means whichever party is in charge, right, gets to determine the makeup of the commission. Uh, and and in terms of the IRS, the IRS would be allowed to consider the political bias of an organization in determining tax exempt status. Do you think churches and other uh, uh, organizations that stand on their religious freedoms today are going to be able to pass that uh, weaponized IRS litmus test? I doubt it. Well, that's right. It would also um, put at risk organizations like uh, the Heritage Foundation, the Ohio Christian Alliance. Um, you know, we've already have uh, situations where there's a cancel culture and Donors are afraid to give the organizations that may be canceled on social media or in the public arena uh, because of their political views or even their faith views. And now this would even be more so where it would disclose the donors, where there would be no protection. I'm reading here also about ballot harvesting. This was practiced in California, but this would be nationwide if this bill was to pass. What's that? Well, to count every mail-in vote that arrives up to 10 days after Election Day, it would require that. It also says states must allow for ballot harvesting. Uh, talk to us about that, Bill. Yes, uh, mass mail-in balloting. 
you, you know, and, and you don't know where the ballots have come from. You don't know whether it's a valid person that has sent in the ballot. It's not like they submitted an application uh, to receive a uh, an absentee ballot. Like, like in Ohio, we do absentee balloting very, very well. Uh, and, and, and we've proven that it can work. But you have to request an absentee ballot. Uh, and that has to be authenticated with your signature. Not so in uh, in this scheme that uh, that HR one puts forward, where you have to allow mass mail in balloting all across the nation, basically stripping the states of their voter ID rights, of their uh, uh, their abilities to make and enforce the election law in their states. It would strip uh, local election officials would be stripped of their ability to maintain accuracy of voter rolls barred from verifying voter eligibility and voter ID and would ban uh, would be banned from coast to coast. Congressional districts would be redrawn by unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. Illegal immigrants and law-abiding American citizens would receive e- equal representat- representation in Congress. Felons would be able to vote the moment they set foot out of prison. This is a disaster, this H.R. 1. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've already seen that they're giving they're giving felons, they're giving incarcerated people in prison stimulus checks. Look at what they're going to do and what they're going to accomplish when they give them voting rights. Oh, Lord. We're talking about H.R. 1, and we're asking you to call your senator, call Senator Sherrod Brown and Senator Rob Portman to vote no on both H.R. 1 and H.R. 5. And we're asking you to pray because the Democrats are so... Uh, desperate at this point, there is rumor this week by the minority leader in the Senate uh, has uh, stated that uh, he he actually created shockwaves yesterday, uh, Bill, by saying that if the Democrats uh, get rid of the filibuster. Uh, so this is a real possibility, isn't it? They're being tempted to do so. Yes, it is a real possibility. Uh, and and uh, I, I, uh, I fear I fear for the future of our country if they do it with this uh, with this liberal uh, uh, administration and leadership team that's in place in the Senate and the House. And 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 let's not forget, we're over 50 days into Joe Biden's administration. We have yet to hear a news conference from the president since his there- inauguration. Yeah, you know, there is some questions. We're getting them in our office of his uh, uh, cognitive skills about his ability to actually hold office, that he may have dementia, he may have some medical issues. And, there, you know, more and more questions are coming uh, from really uh, some reliable sources wondering what exactly, what is the status of our president? What's your thoughts on that, Bill? I, I'm, I'm equally concerned. If, if, he's, if he's okay, then why isn't he stepping out and being held accountable to the American people? Well, it's a time to pray. Congressman, thank you for your service and uh, serving in the state of Ohio from uh, the 6th District, and uh, we thank you so much. Thank you very much, Chris. Have a thank great you. day, my friend. Thank you. God bless you. God bless. And that's Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District. And uh, we want you to stay tuned because we're going to be hearing from the Heritage Foundation on H.R. 1. We're going to break it down with Hans, and you want to stay tuned to that. But also, go to our website, ohioca.org, and call your senators and urge them to vote no on H.R. 1 and on H.R. 5. 
Thank you for listening and stand by. We'll be right back with the Heritage Foundation. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about election reform, and of course we're going to be talking about the H.R. 1, the elections bill that is moving up on Capitol Hill. Unfortunately, it's a federal elections bill that the uh, actually the Democratic left is pushing. It's really a wish list of what uh, liberal interests want for federalization of election laws across the country. Uh, We are opposed to this, of course, and let me read to you a statement from our Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, uh, as he said uh, he's urging Congress to vote no on H.R. 1, a bill that would effectively take over control of how states conduct elections. H.R. 1 imposes significant changes that ignore both the United States Constitution and the unique election systems across the 50 states in an effort to standardize how uh, states vote. And of course, this last election was fraught with a lot of challenges and questions in the minds of many Americans as we saw late uh, developing election law changes in some of the states. Of course, a lot of absentee ballots uh, and mail-in ballots across the uh, country in states like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, and actually due to the pandemic. But 
Uh, here in Ohio, there has been a call that we rein in the mail-in ballots because we don't want this to be a general practice. Of course, this was due to COVID-19, the year of pandemic, uh, but it was met with a lot of uh, challenges and, of course, real suspicion of voter fraud across the country. Now comes Congress, led by the Democrats, to actually push forward an expansion of these kinds of uh, uh, voting practices as standardized across the country in all 50 states. With me on the phone is Senior Legal Counsel for the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski, and we're so glad that he's with us. Hans, uh, you've been speaking quite a bit about HR1. Good afternoon and welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on. Well, of course, Ohio is one of those states where we've had election uh, law changes uh, over the years. Our organization's actually been part of that, and there's been a little bit of back and forth. We have currently 28 days of open voting, uh, but we also have a proven process that uh, vets the uh, voter ID of uh, individuals who are casting a ballot. We want people to vote, but we want them to be uh, legally eligible to vote, and we want them to be able to identify themselves as uh, residents of the state of Ohio. Of course, Ohio has been a battleground state for years, so we've worked on that in this state. Uh, Many uh, public policy groups have worked on that. We seem to have gotten it right. It always could use some review, and of course, there's some challenges that even came up this last year, even though the state did go for President Trump resoundingly, as Florida did, but we didn't have the challenges that they had in other states. Now comes H.R. 1, which for many is a real threat to our way of elections process. Uh, Your thoughts on H.R. 1? Oh, I certainly agree with that. I certainly agree with the Secretary of State, too. And um, what what folks need to understand is is that H.R. 1 would totally get rid of all of the security precautions and safety protocols that states have put in, put, put in place uh, to protect the integrity of the election process. And this give you just a couple of quick examples. Um, if you're a state with a voter ID law, your voter ID law is in essence being eviscerated. Why? Because this law says uh, no state can uh, refuse somebody the ability to vote if they don't have an ID. Uh, they have to allow people to vote uh, by simply signing a form in which they say they, they are who they claim they are. <laughs> so, Chris, that means I, I could walk into a polling place in Ohio where I don't live and say, uh, well, my name is Tom Swift, and they would uh, not be able to ask me for an ID because all I have to do is sign a form saying, yeah, I really am Tom Swift, and they have to let me vote. Combine that with the fact that um, uh, HR1 requires states require states to put in same-day voter registration. In other words, states have to allow me to walk into a polling place on Election Day, register, and immediately vote. So that means when you combine it with the no-ID provision that uh, I can walk into a polling place in Ohio, say my name is Tom Swift, I can register, they immediately let me vote, I sign a form saying, yeah, I'm really Tom Swift, they can't check my ID, and I walk out of the polling place. And I can do it again. I just go to the next polling place down the street, and I can do it again under a different name. And there's no way for election officials to prevent this if H.R. 1 becomes law. That is really ridiculous, and this is no time for this kind of legislation or any kind time. Actually, it's up to the states to set 
uh, the dates and times of uh, and processes of election uh, in their states. And this election has been fraught with many questions and actual voter uh, calls uh, that, that the charges of voter fraud, uh, which some of the states, and it really is up to the states to start tracking that down, which they are doing in states like uh, uh, Michigan is actually, the, the residents of that state are pushing forward. Uh, Arizona is another state. Uh, there's some movement in Georgia as well. So that's good because uh, these are some of the states in question. Obviously, there were um, it was a very close race in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, um, and Nevada. And these were states that were in question as to what exactly happened in some of these big urban counties, which primarily uh, were demo- uh, dominated by Democratic um, uh, rule. And uh, unfortunately, there wasn't enough monitors. Well, how does a, an elections process, how is it fair? Well, if both parties, both Democrat and Republican, are watching over the ballot count, I like to uh, uh, equate it to uh, two groups of thieves counting over the same pot of money to make sure there's equal share for all. <laughs> but uh, we that's... Hey, can, act- I, can I steal that? Can I steal that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's how we make sure that there's equity and fairness in the elections. And we've had that uh, by and large. And of course, there's always uh, some voter fraud that takes place. And by the way, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, voter ID, uh, back in uh, 2012 when we, and 2013 when we did our statewide audit, citizens audit boards of election, and we gave the findings to the General Assembly, the Secretary of State, uh, members of the media, and we actually had sworn affidavits of people who witnessed voter fraud. Uh, there were some great uh, reforms and changes that came out of that. But, uh, you know, we said one of the things that would really help is voter photo ID for Ohio. Well, you know, of course, there's cries from the left. But what's interesting is a a large number of African-Americans and some Democrats and independents, not just Republicans want voter photo uh, photo ID, Uh, African-Americans who actually have these contested primaries in their own party system within the urban uh, areas, they said that there is absolutely fraud that goes on. So they are aware of the problem and and they were all for voter photo ID. Uh, Now, we didn't get it passed in statute, but for all intents, purposes and practice, Practice, when you go up to the desk and vote, uh, they do ask you for your photo ID. And I've pointed that out to people. So it's been in practice, if not in statute. Uh, but again, H.R. 1 would do away with that requirement, wouldn't it, in any of the states? Yeah, it would. Uh, and it would get rid of, remember, Ohio also, for example, you, know, you were talking about voter registration list, I think, before. Look, Ohio went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court successfully just a couple of years ago. When, when the state was sued over the fact that it was very carefully uh, trying to clean up its voter rolls and take people off who had moved away or um, had otherwise died and stuff. And, you know, the left basically sued, objecting to the, to the state doing that. Ohio actually won, but its grains in that case would be wiped out because, again, H.R. Uh, 1 puts in all of these severe restrictions on the ability of states to uh, clean up their voter rolls, take people off who've moved out of state or have died or otherwise become in, ineligible. Um, and, uh, again, look, voter lists are already in notoriously bad shape in many states, and this would just make it uh, even worse. And yet that's 
that's a provision that would be forced on, on, on the state of Ohio along with all the other states. Well, that's right. And the timing is just terrible. I mean, after this election, when uh, there were so many people that felt disenfranchised and, uh, you know, actually felt uh, cheated in this election. So there were so many questions that surrounded this election. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, Mr. Biden was confirmed as the next president. uh, But still, there's so many questions on the table in those states of Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, in Arizona, Nevada. They'll have to uh, restore voter confidence in those states. Even in our own state of Ohio, I'm just, you know, I heard so many people after the election saying, oh, this is just not worth it. Uh, you know, it's it's not worth it to vote. And of course, that, that was their initial response. And I knew that that would wear off after a time. So we're just starting to re-engage some folks. This bill comes at the wrong time. But actually, there's a lot of people getting up ready for the fight. And we're so thankful that the Heritage Foundation is really leading the charge here you know i'm looking at the uh, position paper that uh, the vice president former vice president mike pence who now is with you at the heritage foundation uh, posted so again uh, spelling out the disastrous points of hr1 um, hans where are we within the process in congress right now where is hr1 well it 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 actually passed the House uh, last week. It was on a strictly party-line vote. Not a single Republican voted for it. Only a single Democrat uh, voted against it. And they, Nancy Pelosi brought it to the floor with no hearing. And that's, as you know, extremely unusual. Uh, no hearings on the bill. So they clearly want to just jam this through. It's now in the Senate. Um, we don't know yet whether and when there will be hearings on it or when it will get to the floor uh, of the Senate. But the key to stopping this bill with, with uh, the Senate evenly split between the two parties is to convince, frankly, just one Democratic senator to vote against it. The, the folks people talk about the most, of course, is Joe Manchin of, of West Virginia, who often talks like a moderate, although when it actually comes to voting, he seems to lose that and vote with um, the Democrats on on everything. And if they can't convince at least one Democratic senator to oppose it, then it's really going to boil down to Republicans being able to filibuster the bill. And that depends, as you know, on the filibuster rule remaining in place in the U.S. Senate. Will it take uh, 60 votes for passage as it stands right now? They need 60 votes for passage. Is that not right? Yeah, because it takes 60 votes to end a filibuster, which is you have to end a filibuster before you can actually have a vote on a bill. And so this will not be able to pass through reconciliation. Uh, The window of that is closing anyways on the new Congress. Uh, So that's good news. But again, making sure that all Republicans hold together opposing H.R. 1 and that we get uh, Mr. Machen maybe. And maybe uh, is there any thought about uh, the senator from uh, Arizona, Simina, uh, to uh, to oppose it as well? Yeah, that's the other person that folks are talking about trying to persuade to uh, vote against it again. Uh, How successful that'll be, I I don't know. Reading from the position paper, it says, at the same time, state and local election officials will be stripped of their ability to maintain the accuracy of voter rolls. Uh, Barred from verifying voter eligibility and voter ID would be banned from coast to coast. Congressional districts would be redrawn by unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. Illegal immigrants and law-abiding American citizens would uh, receive Equal representation in Congress. Felons would be able to vote 
the moment they set foot out of prisons. Um, H.R. 1 also loaded with ill-advised changes to federal campaign laws that would impose onious legal and administrative burdens on candidates, civic groups, unions, nonprofit organizations, and ordinary citizens who want to exercise their First Amendment rights to engage in political speech, including on public policy issues that are vital to the life of our nation. Of course, that would include the Heritage Foundation and the Ohio Christian Alliance, I presume, Hans. Your thoughts? No, absolutely. And in fact, um, the changes in the uh, rules governing federal campaigns are such that uh, they want to force donor disclosure donor disclosure to certain nonprofit uh, organizations. And look, you and I, Chris, we, we know what the intent of that is. They, they want those, the names of donors to come out so they can be harassed and intimidated to basically dry up support for organizations. It is the modern equivalent. This, this bill is the modern equivalent of what the state of Alabama tried to do the, to the NAACP in the late 1950s when being angry about the civil rights uh, work that the NAACP was doing, the state government uh, tried to uh, put in place a law that said that organizations, nonprofits like the NAACP, had to reveal their donors, had to register who all their donors were. That went all the NAACP sued, as you know, went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said, you can't, you can't enforce a law like that. It violates it violates the associational rights of people under the 14th Amendment. All of us as citizens have a right to associate with others who share our beliefs, whether it's religious beliefs or political or social beliefs, and the government cannot interfere with that. That's what H.R. 1 does. And, of course, in the midst of this cancel culture that's going on furiously right now, uh, in every day there seems to be another uh, you know, victim to, to the cancel culture. Yeah. Uh, talking to a congressman, uh, he you know, is interesting because it's a public policy organization that's conservative and takes moral positions. We're used to uh, that kind of response, even from donors that say, well, if I contribute to you and if that becomes known, or they may even not tell us, but we get the idea that they may be reticent to do so because, and for fear that they may be targeted. Uh, by certain uh, radical groups. Here a congressman is telling me, he said, well, Chris, look, I've had uh, businessmen basically say, well, my wife will have to write this check to you. I can't put it in my name because if it comes back to me, my tar- my business will be targeted. And I told the congressman, I right. said, I thought that was my problem unique to me. And he's basically saying as a conservative congressman that he's facing the same kind of blowback and cancel culture type fear, even from those who would support him uh, as an office holder. Your thoughts? Oh, no, no. I I see that all the time. And it's particularly, it's become particularly vicious uh, these days with the kind of, uh, you know, it's not just the the social uh, social, uh, media platforms that enable folks to engage in harassment and, and try to intimidate people, but it's the platforms themselves who are now censoring the speech of people that they frankly disagree with and who don't have the what's considered the politically orthodox view on so many issues. And H.R. 1 would make this problem uh, much, much worse. 
So our call to action, of course, is to call your U.S. Senator. And right on our website at the Ohio Christian Alliance, you'll see the numbers of both uh, Senator Portman and Senator Brown that are there. Uh, and call your members of the Senate and urge them to oppose H.R. 1. You know, I think also uh, how this will affect uh, candidates. And, you know, even with early voting, uh, one of the demerits of early voting where the left will so often push for this, uh, it it actually is a disadvantage to, we always say that, you know, anyone can run for office and we encourage people to do so. But it also, it takes money. And uh, one of the first things that a candidate has to learn and one of the, the toughest lessons is they have to ask for funding uh, for their campaign. And they never seem to have enough calendar to be able to get their message out. And I've talked to some good men and women of conscience who really want to make a difference, run for public office at various levels, either state or federal. And one of the things that they face is in early voting is it takes almost a full month off the calendar, meaning their opponent, who may be well-funded, is able to get their message out when they could use those additional 30 days in most states, 28 days here in Ohio, to get their message out. I mean, you know, I am one who likes to vote on Election Day. Uh, and I think those last few weeks of a campaign actually can turn, uh, you know, people on an issue and things come out in those last few weeks. This really takes away from that when you have this kind of early voting. Your thoughts? Oh, I agree. I think early voting is uh, has all kinds of problems, not, not only what you just talked about, but the fact that um, people who vote early are basically cheating themselves. Because if information comes out, for example, before a general election, that is significant to the choice you make, um, it's too late to change your vote. And if you engage in early voting during primaries, um, by the time Election Day rolls around, the candidate you may have voted for may no longer be in the race, which means you've entirely wasted your vote. That actually happened, uh, you may recall, last year, Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday was beginning of March. It was, it, it was uh, more than a dozen states held their primaries. We had a, a hot Democratic presidential uh, primary race going on. And what happened right before Election Day, uh, Super Tuesday of last year, two of the Big uh, Democratic candidates, Senator Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg, former mayor in, in, in Indiana, they both dropped out of the race. If you look at the vote total, um, you will find that literally hundreds of thousands of people voted early in states with early voting for those two candidates who weren't in the race on Election Day. Yeah. And they, so they, they, they wasted their vote. And and that's a, that's a tragedy because the the vote is so important. Uh, you know, people yeah. realize that. And of course, uh, with a high price, was it purchased? Uh, our liberty, our freedom, our our ability to participate in this representative republic. With me on the phone is senior legal counsel for the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski. Uh, Hans, tell us the contact where people can follow you on the Heritage Foundation website. Sure, they can go to heritage.org, heritage.org, and uh, we actually have a, a uh, issues page there on election integrity, which has information uh, about the problems with H.R. 1. And, of course, right now, Heritage is leading the way. When I did a search on this, it really takes me to the Heritage Foundation. So we want to really thank you and the Heritage Foundation for the fine work you're doing on this and exposing uh, the problems and, really, danger of H.R. 1. And again, well, folks, I appreciate, I appreciate the work you're doing on this, too. Well, thank you so much. And we appreciate that. And we'll have you back on the program. Thank you, my friend. 
Sure thing. Bye-bye. God bless. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue and again, from the Heritage Foundation, I was senior legal counsel for the Heritage Foundation, Hans von Spakowski. And uh, he, of course, and his writings are on the website. You'll also see him on Fox News and a number of uh, channels across the uh, landscape as Hans is out there talking about H.R. 1 and a number of constitutional issues. Well, folks, look, we need to really stop this. And how do we do it? Well, let's ring the phones in Washington. It is already, unfortunately, past Congress. And as you just heard uh, in the interview, that uh, Nancy Pelosi pushed this through, even without committee hearings. Think about that. We're talking about the lady that back uh, when she was Speaker last time during the Obama years, you'll know what's in the bill after we pass it. They have no interest in you knowing what's going on in Washington. Well, the way to do that is uh, to find out, become educated. You know, the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge in Hosea 4.6. We need to educate ourselves on these issues. At our website, we're going to put up the position page on H.R. 1 from the Heritage Foundation. Just go to the Ohio Christian Alliance. Just search that. And again, the numbers for U.S. Senator Rob Portman and U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown. Let both offices know that this is an affront to your ability to have fair and equal elections in the state of Ohio and in our country. So let's call them and urge them to vote no on H.R. 1 by opposing it. So as you heard today, the strategy is let's uh, ring the phones in Washington in the Senate. Uh, let's make sure that the filibuster works. That way they have to have 60 votes and they can't get it over the finish line that way. But again, uh, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, and that's what we need to be doing. And uh, these are days of prayer. We need to be praying for our nation. Certainly we need to pray for those who are serving us in public office, from the president all the way uh, down to our governor and, and state legislature and members of Congress. And we hope that you do that, according to Second Timothy, that we need to pray for all those who are in authority. That's what we encourage at the Ohio Christian Alliance. If you want to follow us on all the issues that we're trending, uh, that's on our website at Ohio Christian Alliance. That's ohioca.org. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.